Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Be sure to give us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. What is up, my friends? It is great to be back. Two days away sometimes just feels like a lifetime for me, but I'm glad to be here. What are we going to be discussing tonight? We have a couple of updates on Alexis McAllister's situation. One around his number, one around the feet. Two updates on Manuel Ugarte. Neither of them great, to be honest with you. So, you know, don't don't shoot the messenger. Uh, we have a little take on Jude Bellingham, albeit I'm not asking you to take my word on anything. It is Patrick Berger has been talking about this one and a few other bits and pieces as well along the way. So, look, stick with us and uh, I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. That's the main thing. So, a couple of transfer stories that I didn't mention in the latest video I uploaded to YouTube. And one of them really made me fell off my chair with laughter. Now, this time last year, this transfer link probably wouldn't have been as ridiculous as as it is now but according to Fahaches who as we know are full-time residents on Bullshit Island in our humble opinion uh, they have said that Liverpool are interested in dot 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 Tammy Abraham you what? Yeah, I said it. Tammy Abraham. They said, transfer windows yet to open, but it hasn't stopped speculation from churning out rumours. The latest sees Tammy Abraham being linked with a move to Liverpool. Fakahe say Liverpool are among six clubs who are looking to sign the former Chelsea striker this summer. It's been claimed that the move behind the Reds' interest is to replace the departing Roberto Firmino. I mean, come on, Fakahe's. Be better. Now, if you want to read this for yourself, the story is on the Echo, so go and have a look at it. But yeah, look, don't, don't see this happening. Last summer, you know, there were conversations and we had them on the show. Were we going to look at it? Tammy Abraham? Is it something that Liverpool should be looking at? But we've brought in Darwin Nunes. We've brought in Cody Gakpo. We also have Diogo Jota. We have Mohamed Salah. Uh, we have Lucho Diaz. We are more than covered, in my opinion. So I don't think we need to bring in anyone. And I think that them talking about Liverpool looking to bring in uh, Tammy Abraham is, um, well, as I said, I don't believe it to be true. But then, maybe let me know your thoughts in the comment section. Do you think we need a striker? Do you think it's the right fit? Now, Jude Bellingham. So, two things on Jude Bellingham. Let me start off with this. First one, coming from at Berger underscore PJ on Twitter. Go check it out. Jude Bellingham was very interested in joining Liverpool, but it was too expensive for Liverpool to sign him. Huh. Could swear I mentioned that 10, 12,000 times over the past few months. But hey... 
what do I know? I'm just a bald, gobby lad from Ireland who doesn't have any any sources or any information. But there you go. So take that with a pinch of salt. But it is what it is. It's exactly what I've been telling you. But Real, excuse me, Borussia Dortmund have been speaking. The sporting director Sebastian Kell has been reiterating that there's no offer on the table yet for Jude Bellingham from anyone. Important, right? Because apparently he's signed for Real Madrid eight times over the past week. The 19-year-old, of course, has been the subject of intense speculation. And he was speaking and he said exactly this. We will try everything to keep Bellingham because we're very ambitious. We want to keep the best players in our squad, in this team and at our club. And we want to perform. But to come back to Jude, there's nothing to decide at the moment. There's nothing on the table. No offer. No news. Jude is very focused on the next game, next week's, then we'll decide how it develops. I know how the business is. In the end, you'll have to react to specific situations. There are no guidelines, no description on what to do. We have to take everything into consideration. This is where it gets a bit interesting. We're still coming back from COVID. 150 million euro is a lot of money that we lost in the past. I fight for the team, the best players, and Jude is one of them. We'll see how this works. So as I said, that is um, probably an indication that they are willing to sell a little bit. What, what, what are we thinking? Do we think that Jude Bellingham is going to Real Madrid? Because there's been no offer yet. Now, I'm sure that there's been discussions between Bellingham's representatives, family in Real Madrid. In fact, we know that there has. They've been well publicised, as well as with Liverpool and a few other clubs. So I want to know again what you guys think about that one. Do you, uh, do you think that we will see Bellingham move? Or do you take from that little article I read out there that maybe Jude Bellingham uh, and Borussia Dortmund are a match made in heaven and they want to stay together for a little bit longer? We don't need attackers. Can we stop, please? I'm with you. We don't. We're pretty well stocked in that area. And then, of course, you add into that that we have Ben Doak, we have uh, Cade Gordon, uh, and some other young, bright attacking prospects, as well as Harvey Elliott and a few others. So, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think we need to bring in. Uh, I don't think we need to bring in any attackers, let alone when we're probably going to have to spend a lot of money to get the midfield right and to potentially get the defense sorted. So, yeah, it just seems like absolute nonsense to me. McAllister this summer, Jude next summer, said Ma. Imagine. Imagine. Um, it is a difficult one. I, I get the feeling he'll end up at Madrid at this point. That's my gut feeling. But um, if he stays at Dortmund another year, is it going to just drag us into... Now, look, I have my own theory. Can I give you my theory? Because it is just that. It's just a theory. I have nothing to back this up. I was wondering if Mr. Bellingham was, was hanging around to wait and see if you know, miracle of all miracles happens and Liverpool somehow scrape and claw their way into the top four, thus giving Liverpool an extra 50 or 60 million quid guaranteed. Would that be a catalyst for Liverpool maybe changing their stance on Jude Bellingham being a little bit too expensive? I, I don't know. That's the honest answer. I can't tell you how Liverpool think, but it's a theory that I'm working on in my own head. So I wonder, will we see a an actual announcement, an actual bit of information from the Bellingham side when Liverpool's fate is sealed, whether it be Europa League, which is looking like, or whether somehow we can, you know, drag our way back into the Champions League. So again, let me know your thoughts on that one. Do you think that could be a difference maker? Would FSG and Jurgen Klopp change their thinking a little bit if we had that Champions League money? Uh, I'd probably say no, because of past experiences with FSG and us being in the Champions League regularly, yet them still not really splashing the cash. But that's just my take on it. So I want to know what you think. I saw the clip of a mouth and the words, fuck it, I'm staying. Yeah, look, if he was, if that was the case, 
Bellingham saying I'm staying. Why wouldn't he just say it? You know, if he says it after scoring a goal and melts the words, which were, you know, you've all seen the clip, I think, at this point. Why not um why not just say it in the post match interview? Why not just say, I want to stay at Dortmund for another year? I, I don't see yeah, I don't see why that would be an issue. Seeing the score of Arsenal today really shows that you have to take every point possible. Yes. And do you know what? It shows how damn good Brighton are as well. They went there and they they outfought Arsenal. They outbattled Arsenal. They wanted it more than Arsenal. They they had a beautiful mix of physicality and quality. That was a very, very impressive performance from Brighton today. 3-0 at the Emirates at any point is not easy. But for once, I kind of do agree with Roy Keane, and that won't happen very often, but that Arsenal team did look like us in 13-14. Now, Keane didn't say that, but he said they're mentally and physically shattered. And that's understandable. It takes a lot out of you having Manchester City breathing it down your, your throat or uh, in your shoulder, um, knowing that you have to be near perfect. City have railed off 11 wins in a row, something like that. So, yeah, it's, it's not surprising that Arsenal had a bit of a... A wobble at the end of the season they're a young squad they've played a lot of games uh at a really high intensity as well so yeah it's um well done to brighton is what i'm basically getting at it was an incredibly good performance from them no McAllister goal though i don't care <laughs> you know he's just making sure he stays fit at this point that's all i'm looking at McAllister for now is just get through the end of the season dude don't get uh don't get an injury so did they bottle it I don't want to use the term bottle, Hannah, because I, I think that's a very disrespectful word to use. But did they claim defeat from the jaws of victory? Yes. And the reason I'm saying that is, look back to our run-ins with Manchester City. Look back to our fights over the years with them. We didn't have the luxury of losing two games and drawing three in the past six or seven like Arsenal had to still somehow be in a title race. We had to pretty much be perfect to keep up with Manchester City. Now, there's a whole another conversation around Manchester City that, you know, I'm only too happy to have. But, yeah, tonight I think we should just um, credit Brighton for a very good performance. And um, I think that Arsenal team will, will come again. They're in the Champions League next season. Yeah, look, they'll learn lessons. But it doesn't surprise me. And as I said, I do agree with Roy Keane. They look mentally and physically fatigued and exhausted. Um so yeah, let's wait and see. They were top for nearly 300 days. That's bottling it. But when you say bottle something, to me, when I think of a team bottling something, I think of a team that doesn't have the spirit and the fight for it. And and I've never really seen that from Arsenal. I've seen a team that were exhausted, that were inexperienced, that had a lot of young players. Um, and they came up short. You know, what? I guess in this day of football fandom, it's easy for us to just point fingers and mock. Um... And if it was United, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be calling them bottlers. But there's also learning experiences. And that will, like it stood us in good stead moving on, that will stand that Arsenal team in good stead, I think, in the future as well. Um, but with Pochettino taking over at Chelsea, with Liverpool strengthening, with United strengthening, with Newcastle strengthening, it's going to be difficult next season. It's going to be difficult to get back into those places. What's a no contest? It's a draw, basically. The fight doesn't happen, doesn't exist. It's, um, yeah, it doesn't go on your record. Brighton were outstanding in the second half. Arsenal have had an amazing season. Now they understand what it takes to compete with City. I mean, as I said, there's a whole other conversation about City that, you know, we can have. But, yes, it is. 
it's it's so difficult. It's so, so difficult. Anyway, let's move on to Alexis McAllister and the reason why we're all here tonight. Because shit's getting tasty. And it is getting tasty, right? So, uh, the Anfield Agenda Twitter account, you know, a much maligned, very fantastic, absolutely tickety-boo, blue tick and all, don't you know, sir, Twitter account, which you should be following if you're not. We have said, Liverpool are planning to give Alexis McAllister the number 10 shirt, the same shirt that he is wearing at Brighton. And that makes sense, right? Makes sense. And that comes from at Dario Ole. Um, makes sense because we have a number 10 shirt to give out. Nobody's wearing the number 10 shirt. But Fabrizio Romano and a few others have been speaking. He said Liverpool are in advanced negotiations for Alexis McAllister. Liverpool remain the front runners, but they've already uh, made the proposal to the player. Now they need to make the proposal to the player's club. Chelsea are also interested, but he's not seen as a priority for Chelsea. Um, and then the last bit that comes from the mirror, I think it was David Maddock, if I'm not mistaken. And again, you can find this on the Anfield Agenda Twitter account. Alexis McAllister is believed to be ready to commit his future to Liverpool Football Club. Talks are a long way down the line around a £70 million deal. And that's where I wanted to start tonight's conversation. How do we feel about that number? By the number, I mean £70 million. But if you want to tell me how you feel about the 10, have at it as well. I think this is... This is certainly the one we're most furthest along on. This looks like... Because normally we get to divide, right? We'll have the English journalists saying one thing. We'll have the, you know, whether it be South American or European-based journalists saying something else. But I think everybody seems to be in unison with regards to our, uh, our determination to get McAllister over the line. Now, I need your help. As you know, I like a little bit. So I was flicking around the other night and I was, I was flicking through and I was seeing a game and Argentinos Jr., Alexis McAllister's former club were playing. So I decided, lad, let's stick a bet on there. So I stuck a bet on, I was paying attention to it. I seen a scorer in the game, number four, called McAllister. Is that his brother? Is his brother playing for the same club now? Should we be keeping an eye on his brother? If that's the case, because I know Alexis McAllister was like a four or seven million pound signing from Argentinos Junior, but if, it, if he's got a little bro there or an older bro, I don't know, but... You know, number four, and he scored. So, let me know what, what what should we be looking at this kid? Should we keep an eye on him, or is it just a coincidence? I don't know. I wouldn't imagine there's many McAllisters in uh, in Argentina, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, right. So Zavani said, I think sixty million is more realistic, but if it means we get him, then I'm happy. Uh, G Dem said, no way, fifty if he didn't win the World Cup. Sixty now is his max. Oren said, sixty should be the number. 60 with add-ons at Owen McPartland. Uh, Don said, way too high in my view. I'd be 55 million tops, to be honest. Yeah, this is... Um, I was expecting you to go with this, to be fair. I was expecting you to, um, to agree on the 60. That's the number I feel comfortable with. But, I mean... I'm not arsed if we pay <laughs> I won't lie to you. I'm not arsed. At this point, I'm sold on the, on the kid. Um, so, yeah. Be it 60, 70... Just get him. Just get him because I think he is, I think he's incredibly good. And I think he's an incredible good fit. Incredibly good fit. Um, A few more bits on Mason Mount and we'll get to that in a while. A little bit of Manuel Agarthe as well. But I mean, I'd be very, very surprised if we just pay 70 and just, just don't even try and barter it down. But maybe, maybe that's Brighton's number. Because there were reports over the past few weeks that seventy million for him, seventy million for Moses, because our Moise, excuse me, Casado was the uh, was the number. So let's wait and see. It is his brother, isn't it? There you go. It is his brother. 
It's weird that I, f- I find out so many little things like that from just browsing through, having a bet and stuff, and just go, oh, McAllister, that rings a bell. Are we signing a centre-back? I think so. The first, and maybe the only time I really remember this being mentioned was Neil Jones, if I'm not mistaken. The first story I remember reading about it, Neil Jones said Liverpool are potentially going to offload Joel Matip in the summer and um, bring in a younger centre-back, which makes sense. Joel has one year left on his deal at the end of the season. Rather than letting him go for free in a year, if Liverpool can free up some money, um, yeah, why not? But look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know for a fact that X or Y is going to come because I haven't got a clue. His brother is actually called Kevin. I mean, could you, I mean, if I said to you, Kevin McAllister, what country is he from? None of you were saying Argentina. Like, let's be honest, we're going Scotland, Ireland, England, maybe Wales, but certainly not Argentina. That's nuts. Just pay the 70 and get it done, said Kochi. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Uh, we really need a sender back, said Hannah. Right, Don said, okay, I have to put something negative in here, but we're suddenly out of the Garthay race. I'm beginning to wonder if FSG will sign anybody of note this summer. You've helped me out massively there, but I'm going to slip right into the Garthay talk now in a second. I'm also fully starting to get behind the Deserby propaganda train as a future potential Liverpool manager. Got to watch how he gets on, but I am very, very fucking impressed with what I'm seeing from him as well. Manuel Ugarte, let's start off with an update from Neil Jones. And again, you'll find this in the Anfield Agenda Twitter. Manuel Ugarte is not a target for Liverpool this summer. And then there's a piece um, that our friends at LFC Transfer Room have posted up that they credit at CM Journal to say, Sporting has prohibited any talks between other clubs and Manuel Ugarte following the comments of his agent about the player leaving and having had talks with Liverpool. They've even told Liverpool they could face UEFA sanctions for tapping up mid-season. Now, so here's the thing, right? I understand Sporting's stance. I, I understand that they don't want their players being tapped up. I get it. Um, but it happens. And it happens all the time. And it happens week in, week out, all around the world. But people seem to love calling us out over it. Remember the Southampton fiasco with Virgil van Dijk and Blackpool? That got us into a bit of trouble. We had to cool down, then came back and paid the 75 million six months later. Um, The thing on this one is, he's available for 60 million euro if you want to go pay the release clause. That is his contract. Liverpool or any club could go in, pay that full release clause. If the player wants to move, the player would move. So... I'm a little bit confused by the tapping up stuff. Um, Particularly if he's a player that Liverpool aren't interested in, as per Neil Jones. 
we all want to be interested in him, right? I certainly do. But if we take Neil Jones at face value, and Neil Jones has said that Liverpool are predominantly going to look within the Premier League to find solutions for midfield. Then I wonder, with the confirmation of Southampton being relegated, uh, is Lavia now a possibility? Is Lavia somebody that Liverpool are looking at? I know that there is something, I think maybe Manchester City are first refusal on him. Um, I think they sold him to Southampton, if my memory is right. So maybe there's something tricky there, I don't know. This is one of those cases of English journalists versus European journalists. Who do you believe and why? on Manuel Ugarte and I honestly don't know I don't know if the interest is real or not or if it is us as Liverpool fans wanting to cling on to anything that links us to him because we all like the kid and we all think he'd be a good fit um so let me know what you're thinking in the comment section anyway could this be damage control since they made a threat well not really because as I said we could just go pay the fucking money if they want them and also remember who his uh agency is you know, if my memory is correct, he is represented by the Guest of Few agency, which is, of course, headed by George or Jorge Mendes. Um, I know his agent is listed as somebody else, but I think that agent is still part of the same agency. So it wouldn't be too hard to have that smoothed over. We have a very good relationship with that agency from bringing in players like Fabinho, Jota, uh, and a couple of others that have escaped my, my attention. So, yeah. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't worry about the tapping up shit. I don't think there's going to be much to that. You know, because if Liverpool want to buy him or anyone wanted to buy him, you'd want to know if the player would be willing to come before you'd go and, you know, put down the release clause money if that was the case. I, I honestly don't know on Ugarte what, what way I feel. I know I wouldn't mind him. I know I'd be very happy to sign him, but um, yeah, I don't know. Neil Jones a week after saying we're only looking at the Prem linked us to Berea. He didn't say we're only looking in the Prem though. He never said that. And I even made, I know this because I made a point of raising this fact at the time. He said Liverpool are prioritising Premier League signings. He never said there's no chance that we're signing anybody from outside, though. I mean, I'm all for holding people to account, but we have to be fair and balanced when we're trying to do it. And uh, he didn't say that. Mickey, how are you? Oh, Mickey, you're so fun. Mickey. Uh, when has everyone going to wake up? When it comes to Liverpool, the English journalists are always the last and very, very rarely correct. Thiago, Diaz, Darwin, English no deal, not happening, everybody else deal is done. You can add Alisson to that list as well. Because, um, yeah, we, we'd walked away from Alisson a couple of times as well. Uh, Bella, catch up, will be cheaper now Southampton have gone. Would anyone be interested? See, this is, as a massive replacement, no. 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 Mm -mm. Not as a, no. And we, I, like... Because remember, we're losing quality with Joel Matip. You know, I don't think there's any of us in this chat that will say a fit Joel Matip playing doesn't worry us. It doesn't. Because we know what we get with Joel. He is steady as she goes, good, solid, consistent when he's fit and available. And we need to make sure that we have somebody that can come in and be of that calibre. And I don't know if Bella Kotchup is, is in that category. I really don't. Chelsea could look to beat Liverpool to the signing of Alexis McAllister by offering Brighton Levi Colwell on a permanent transfer as part of a swap deal. Yeah, here's the thing though. Who in their right fucking mind now is going to go to Chelsea at this moment in time? They are, what, middle of the road, no European football at all next season, a new manager coming in, at least 10 players to be moved on. Um, and again, Bowley can't continue to take the piss with what he's spending. He has spent 600 million quid. They need to start 
balancing the fucking books or they're going to have some issues. So I don't believe that's the case. And also, and I can't say this clearly enough, he wants to come to Liverpool. So Chelsea can do one on that one. Surely we need to bring in one English player. Um, The goalkeeper that we were looking at from Germany, whose name I cannot remember at all, was classed as homegrown. So he could take that box. But on the on the English player, there is a, there's more stuff from Mason Mount. So Fabrizio Romano has said Liverpool are still pushing for Mason Mount. The talks over Mount's new deal are advancing at the moment. Um, another article suggests Mason Mount's future is still uncertain at the moment at Chelsea. He could join Liverpool. So honestly, on Mason Mount, I think we're divided a bit as fans. Um, some of you guys think it would be a good move on the right side of our midfield. Uh, some people think, no, I'm probably in the middle. For me, on Mason Mount, it does come down to numbers because he's not 70 million with, with a year left on his deal. That's just lunacy. For me to feel comfortable with Liverpool signing Mason Mount, we've got to be nearer to the 40, 45 million mark. Um, It just doesn't make sense to me. Why, you know, just tell Mount to sit tight and we'll get him in a year's time at that point. I, I just, I, there's no way, 70 million, not a fucking hope is that a number I'd feel comfortable with? Particularly coming off the back of a very average season for Mount. You know, I think he hasn't showed his best performances this season. I think he's better than he's shown. And I can see how he could do a job on the right side of our midfield. I could see how Jurgen Klopp could could utilise him. But again, it has to make sense. And if we're a club that's trying to be clever and trying to get the best deals possible, I don't see that as a good fit for 70 million quid. For 40 million? You know, that's a different conversation. What's the point of getting Mason Mount when Curtis Jones is in the form of this form and Mount is an improvement? Well, I'd probably say they would be utilised on other sides. But I'm kind of with you on the price being a bit nuts. Like, uh, 40 million, uh, 45 million, I'm all right for Mount. I think that's okay. And I do think he's better than we've seen this season. And I think with an arm around his shoulder, a manager who believes in him, and obviously hoping that those, you know, injury concerns are behind them. You know, I get it, but not for the numbers that Chelsea are seemingly asking. Uh, David said, I hope the club don't see Jones changing form as an excuse as to not need an extra midfielder because we can't cope. Jones continues his form. Um, Been here long enough and apart from the last five games, so he hasn't impressed. I don't think they will because Klopp's always shown a belief in Curtis Jones. So I think he would have been in the manager's thinking anyway. But don't forget, we are losing players, regardless of wanting to be, you know, get better midfielders in. We are losing James Milner. We are losing uh, Naby Keita. We're losing Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. We're losing Bobby Firmino, who, of course, is an attacker. But you get where I'm coming from. So we do need to refresh as well. Thiago is one year left at the end of this season. Henderson ain't getting any younger. So, yeah, I think I don't think the club's thought processes will be changed by Curtis Jones suddenly shown some form and um, Marcus put that poll up there my friend so let us know what you think Gravenberch or Mount um yeah over to you guys let me know what you think right I'm gonna vote on it but I'm not gonna tell you what I voted so do we bring in a central defensive midfield if we don't sell Fabinho I would say yes because if you bring in somebody now Fabinho gets another season let's say with the potential to go on at the end of that You've got Bajcetic, who Klopp still hasn't decided exactly what role Bajcetic is going to get. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would like to bring in 
somebody. But again, it's more difficult and we don't know what way the midfield's going to be set up next season as well. You know, how we don't know what Kloppo's thinking. Top four. Let's talk top four for a few minutes because Manchester United just about got over the line at home, beating Wolves, and the way the fucking media are reporting, you'd swear they just slayed Manchester City or, you know, a title rival. They've beaten a very, very out-of-form Wolves at home and made hard work of it. But they have some... Do you know what? I wonder a Newcastle more likely to potentially slip up because their next few fixtures are difficult. They've got Brighton, who are absolutely flying at the minute and hunting down the Europa place. They've got, I think, is it Chelsea, if I'm not mistaken? I know I know there's some diff, or is it Leeds? I know that Newcastle have some difficult fi- fixtures to come up, and we need one of them to fuck up. Leicester, is it? We need one of them to shit the bed, so we're running out of games though, right? Three games to go. But if, if, if Brighton get at and off Newcastle, ooh. Lads, it's squeaky bum time and we could have a very interesting last day of the season. Leicester home and Chelsea away. Ooh. I was thinking the same. Brighton beats Newcastle and Chelsea ties. Ooh. We need to improve our goal difference as well because we're behind Newcastle and goal difference. That game's huge. The Brighton-Newcastle game is going to be huge. We hit form two weeks too late. I said it to you at the time, Ella. I said, and go back and watch, 73 points. I said to you, I think 73 points is going to be the number for Champions League. And then we had, I think the draw against Arsenal, if I'm not mistaken, was the one that made we couldn't get 73. 71 was the max we could get. And I still stand over 73 being the number. So once we didn't mathematically have a chance to get 73, my my uh, belief went downhill. Uh, need Brighton win and Leicester draw. Plus win all our games. Yeah, I mean, we've got to take care of business tomorrow and that is not going to be an easy game. I'm expecting a really, really fast, aggressive start from Leicester tomorrow. Uh, if we beat Leicester tomorrow, they're down, in my opinion, says Monkey Duffy. Well, Everton lost, so it's still possible. You know, Everton were beaten 3-0 today by, or yesterday, sorry, or whatever it was. by Man- Was it today or yesterday? By Manchester City, I think it was today. Um, so yeah, they're in trouble as well. Do you have a percentage on Ugarte to LFC? Uh, mate, you know, I know the same as everybody else. I have no idea. I don't know who to believe. I don't know if I should be believing the Uruguayan slash Portuguese side. I don't know if I should be believing Neil Jones or the English journalists. I know what's one I want to believe. You know, I, I want to believe the, uh, the Uruguayan slash... Portuguese journalist because I like the guy so I wouldn't mind assigning him but which one is actually true don't know would you give Ugarte number 8 it's a good question because if McAllister's going to take the 10 the 7 as I said I was told the 7's going to Elliot but that you know that may have been wrong so don't hold me to that one but just you know I'm saying it just in case the guy's right and I can give him a bit of credit uh, but so the 7 is up Nine is up. Um, eight. Call me fucking deluded. But I kind of have a vision of Barella taking the eight. But, you know, if we don't sign Barella, Mount would probably take the eight, I would imagine, if he comes in. I don't see the defensive mid taking an eight. I think Mount, maybe. Um, or another actual uh, eight-type midfielder instead of a, a defensive midfielder. I just don't want to get Mount. Anyone but him, said Tyra. I, I, Tyra, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, mate. It, it doesn't do it for me. 
I mean, I can see where there's a world where Mason Mount could come good. I can see that. I'm not sitting here saying Mason Mount's like absolute horrendous football player. No, 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 far from it. There's there's potential. For the right number, I'm not hating on it. But I, I just this 70 million talk is, is absolute pony. Do we have a percentage on Mount to LFC? I don't think any of us can really give a percentage because we don't know what Chelsea are going to do. So does Mauricio Pochettino like Mason Mount? Does he want Mason Mount to be a part of his midfield moving forward? Does he think that he can trust Mason Mount? I don't know. If the answer to that is yes, then maybe Chelsea, you know, review their stance with Mount and maybe give him a new deal. I don't know. Now, if you say to me, would Mason Mount come to Liverpool? I think the answer to that is probably yes. I think based off what I'm reading, um, he's open to it. Opinions on Tielemans on a free. Would I rather Tielemans on a free or Mason Mount for 60 million? Because at least if it didn't work out, I could go, it didn't cost us 60 million quid. But if we sign another player who ends up being injury prone, so help me God, I'm going to lose it. Craig, isn't Tielemans everything we don't need though? Injuries, lazy, no press, no work ethic, no tracking back, no work rate. I don't know if he's no work ethic, Andy. I think that's a bit cruel, a bit, a bit over the top. I think, I think he's a confidence player that would thrive with a manager putting an arm around the shoulder. The injuries, fair enough. And again, it's just the free part, Andy. It's the free part. That's the only part that I'd consider it. He's not in my list, you know, but I would take him over a, a 60 million quid mount. I just don't like the numbers involved in the mount deal. If we pulled off a coup and got Mason Mount for 40 million quid, this is a different conversation. If we beat Leicester tomorrow, we guarantee at least a fifth place position. Boom. We love that. You know, because um, I won't lie. There was times this season, Jambon the Great, where, uh, not, you weren't the one that said that, sorry. Uh, it was Redacted Nomad, sorry. There was uh, times this season where I was thinking, we're fucking staring on the barrel of the Europa Conference League. <laughs> what do you make of Arthur saying last week that he's ready for a new challenge from Liverpool when he hasn't played? The whole thing was just a waste of time and money. For the player, for us, nobody could have predicted the injury, granted, but we could have predicted that he wasn't the right fit. So it's four million quid and wages that Liverpool have just fucking spunked. And that's frustrating. I wish Arthur all the best wherever he moves on. And I hope he can get back to playing and enjoying himself and the rest of his career. But for us, it just never made sense. Especially when you're hearing immediately that even though there was a clause in the deal that Liverpool could trigger for a certain amount that we had no intention of doing it. And we heard that early doors. You know, we didn't even want that clause in the deal, apparently. It was uh, Juventus's insistence. But, yeah, when you're hearing straight away that there's no future, what's the point? What Genuinely, what is the point? I'd rather have, have just given one of the youngsters a chance. I'd give him a start against Southampton. I wouldn't give him a start. I'd give him some minutes off the bench as a little thank you, maybe, but I wouldn't give him a start. So we're forgetting last day of that season, we could be fucking playing Champions League knockout football you know it could be winner takes all last day of the season so who do we think's most likely to have this wobble if somebody's to drop out of the top four who are we saying because i was always thinking united but now i'm thinking maybe newcastle i'm thinking newcastle at this point with their fixtures um the one thing newcastle have for them of course is that brilliant atmosphere and crowd up at st james's park um so they do have that going for them but, you know, difficult fixtures, particularly when you see what Brighton did today and how um how impressive they were. 
so Connor says Newcastle. Corin said Newcastle. Um, if anyone's dropping out of top four, it'll be Newcastle. Said Monkey Duffy. Both of them said Matthew. United said Jamie. David says Newcastle. Andy said Newcastle. Ella said United. Toyrette, Newcastle. I think Newcastle is the majority of your answers. Yeah, LFC fan, GDEM, Matt, um, Oren. It would be a very anticlimactic season for the Geordies or for United fans if they um if they didn't get top four. Like top four looked like nailed on. Nailed on like for, for both of them two weeks ago. I can't believe we even have a chance still. It's mental to me that we're even in this uh, conversation. Remember, you have to get topless if you win top four. Is it weird that I was actually thinking about that last night um, and how I'd do it? So I haven't forgotten. Don't worry. Matthew said we don't deserve it. See, I, I've been saying that as well. But ultimately, the league table doesn't lie. So I, I guess we can feel like we don't deserve it because we've had a very, very terrible first two-thirds of the season. But, you know, six wins in a row, if we can make that nine before the season ends, or is it seven and make it ten, whichever way it is, I mean, can we say we don't deserve it then? I think it'd be even heartbreak if we finished perfect for the season and still came up short, as in perfect for the end of the season. This is my tradition for every stream, but if United get Champions League over us, we still beat them 7-0. We did. We did, my friend, yes. But 7-0 and them not. 7-0, look, even if they don't get it, if we get it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, what will they have then? We won the League Cup, fair enough. Not not undermining their League Cup victory, but you know, if we can get top four this season after the shit show we've had, I will be um I would count that as a pretty good season. If Newcastle had to go to Stamford Bridge needing a win, is nervy. Yeah, it is. Only problem is Chelsea obviously have nothing to play for then, other than, I guess, pride. I hate last days of the season. I don't mind them if we've got our, you know, season sorted and it's a, it's a farewell at home, a good result and the players doing a lap of honour and the Golden Samba being awarded and all that stuff. I don't mind them, but it's going to be nervy, like, if there's something on the line. Because we don't have... We don't have positive experiences with last days of the season, right? It usually doesn't go our way. Who do you hope get relegated? Um, Everton and Leicester. I'd like Leeds to stay up. I can see a loss to Southampton in the last day costing us top four. No. 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 I can't see that happening. If we go into that last day needing a win, we get the win. I'm not saying other results will go our way. But I can't see a last day of the season where we don't get the win. I think we win that game like something mad like 5-2 or something like that. If Newcastle drop points, do they instantly go fourth and United third? I can't remember if there's one point between them two or they're about level on points. I know Newcastle have a better goal difference than us and United. Uh, but I can't remember off the top of my head. It's sad traditional big teams going down. It is. It is sad. Um, Forest, I think, will stay up. Everton, I'd still say Everton have a very, very good chance to stay up. I, I wouldn't say that they're, they're absolutely nailed on or anything like it. I think they could get one win and maybe that'll scrape them up. I think Leicester, you know, tomorrow's huge for Leicester and for us. It is uh, it's going to be very interesting tomorrow night. I'm expecting lots of twists and turns. So they're on the same points. There you go. Man United in Newcastle. 
Newcastle have 22 goals better than United. Um, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, you can count that as an extra point pretty much for Newcastle with the goal difference being as it is. Uh, Mr. Apple Crumble reckons Southampton obviously are already down, so Leicester and Leeds to go down. I think Big Sam beats West Ham next week as they're on the beach. Yeah, and also could have the uh, Europa Conference League final to look forward to as well. So let's be honest, if you're David Moyes and West Ham, I mean, you, you will hear the whole integrity talk all week from, from people that are in the relegation zone that want West Ham to put out a strong team and blah, blah, blah. But fuck that. If I'm David Moyes and I have a European final, that's the priority. Um yeah, that's the priority. I, there's no way if I was David Moyes, West Ham are safe in the league, that I'm not wrapping up Declan Rice and uh, a couple of the other boys in Cottonwall ahead of the final. Not a hope. I don't care what stick I get. His job's to win something. So I personally believe City will go down because of their Abu Dhabi antics. I fucking hope so, mate. Oh, God, I hope so. I really do. I'm sick of looking at Pep Guardiola's smug little arrogance twatty little head Julio Roberts Julio Roberts I back my club I back my club I believe my club relegation for City is the least they deserve so there's two ways to look at the situation right there's going to be collateral damage um, whichever way you look at it because there are people who are going to suffer if what happens to Man City you know if they get relegated or they get penalised or whatever there's going to be good people that suffer right so there are going to be some really Decent City fans who have been lifelong fans and, you know, been there before and been there now and, you know, it is what it is. And there'll be some players who, again, you know, will feel unfairly duped, maybe, by what's happened. But I've no, I've lost any potential sympathy for Guardiola at this point. None. He deserves whatever City may get coming at him, without a shadow of a doubt. They, um, yeah, for me, he's been fairly smug throughout all this potch at chelsea could we see kane going there maybe maybe yeah um i still think probably united though but maybe that relationship with potch is one that could get harry kane to chelsea but if you're harry kane and you're leaving to win trophies because you haven't won trophies at spurs with what's happened with chelsea this season i don't know does he feel like it's a realistic place to win trophies don't know um but at united i think I think there's more of a chance from doing at United than at Chelsea because Chelsea's an unknown at the minute. Probably wants to stay in London. Yeah, I, I get that thinking. I guess if he stayed in London, he could stay at his gaff um, and he wouldn't have to uproot his family. So yeah, maybe. Craig, if we make the signings you're hoping for, how do you believe we'll be challenging for the title? Or do you believe? Again, it's really difficult to know the answer to that until you see everyone's business. You know, I don't know what United will do, don't know what City will do, don't know what Arsenal will do. But we'll be in a better position than this season, definitely. If we bring in three midfielders, get in a centre-back, uh, yeah, we're definitely going to be in the mix anyway for next season. Arsenal had an eight-point gap over City in match week 29. Yeah. Um. Again, I know people want to stick the boot in and call Arsenal bottlers, but I'm just sad. I'm genuinely sad that I have to see the Abu Dhabi Blues um lift a trophy again if my soul genuinely hurts seeing this shit that's before we have to potentially see them winning a, a champions league in istanbul as well out of istanbul 
Me too. I'm not angry. I'm just depressed. Yeah, it's so, like, potentially really damaging to the Premier League's integrity. I, I wish we get a, a result on this whole situation. Uh, right, my friends, I'm going to call that one a night. I'm going to try and uh, get ready and get rested up and good to go for tomorrow. So I will see you guys at 7 o'clock tomorrow for the watch-along. Uh, of course, post-match stuff and that will be on YouTube as well. If you uh, if you haven't hit the follow button before you head off, please do. And again, don't forget, there was a transfer talk video went up on YouTube tonight. If you do get a chance, please uh, give it a watch. Let me know your thoughts. And uh, yeah, see you guys tomorrow. Massive game. It's going to be emotional. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.